Welcome to another episode of Saints and Sinners Unplugged. I am Pastor Ken Jones, and I am joined by my friends and colleagues, Pastor Jose Prado and Pastor David Menendez. We are without our regular fourth person, as we told you last week. Um, rumor has it, and it hasn't been denied or confirmed, that he made a pilgrimage to Rome in honor of the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation to see if the Pope is willing to reconsider and come home. But, but, uh, but he might be after trying to get some years shaved off of purgatory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that pilgrimage. That, in fact, that, he, that, might, he might come back with some relics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, three egregious errors that are very common among Protestants, and that is legalism, antinomianism, neonomianism. We've looked at what they are, doctrinal errors that make the ground fertile to grow into these particular bad fruit. But David, you were saying something uh, before we went on air that I think bears repeating. Would you go ahead and yeah, share with our listening you know, I don't audience. want the audience to think that we're just speaking at them and say, oh, these are your faults. No, no, we are, we are, these are our struggles, Yeah, yes. and we want to own this. So in, in these matters, uh, even when we try to say, here's the corrections, we're going to even try and take the corrections, and the old Adam is going to frame them in some way of, hey, why don't you now take some pride in the fact that you're doing the right thing? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's... So if, to me, for example, um, when I have acquired uh, better light and some issues of preaching, say law and gospel application, that I get filled with pride and I have to confess it before God. I have to put that to death. I have to say, woe is me, Lord. Yeah. I think it's helpful for us to recognize that when we talk about these three errors, these are not three permanent camps that people live in permanently. That's right. These are static states. These yeah. are, are, are fluid thoughts that continue to run the course of our vein. And if it's not one, it's the other, yes. or it's a combination of all three that we, we are all individually struggling with. Now, there are some Christians that live in that particular right. uh, camp. And that is their trademark. Yeah. But yeah, what they, even if it's not, you know, just a yeah. permanent dwelling, it's a place that it passes through all of us. Right. That's what they affirm. Right. That's yes. what they believe. They confess yes. it as their, um, right. their confession of faith. Right. That's their confession. It's not ours. Yeah. It's not what we affirm. It's not what we believe. But I would say, like David said, you know, I mean, uh, I, I find myself to be a, uh, a seasonal person. Uh, practitioner mm. of one or the other yeah, definitely. Uh, you know yeah. at, at some point mm -hmm. um, uh, those things that perhaps the Lord has by his grace uh, grown me in and I, I'm easily able to see other brothers that might be failing in one aspect or not yeah I can be pretty legalistic yeah. mm. you know I can be pretty harsh and pretty hard on uh, uh, on brothers who perhaps are struggling with in areas that I don't no longer struggle yeah, you know, and no. be more grace filled with myself, right? On those areas that I still struggle. Yeah, um, you know. So, <laughs> so the difference is from um, just living those categories as part of our confession and ways, affirming them or confessing them a sin. Yeah, I had a, a, a listener come up to me, and now I'm feeling pretty good about confessing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's, that's pretty doggone good confession there. No, no I had a listener uh, tell me a few weeks ago, uh, he heard heard us discussing these, these categories, and he said, you know, I, from listening to you guys, I realized that I'm, I'm, I tend to be neonomian. And I didn't have a chance to fully engage him on that because my point to him would have been, and I hope you're listening, aren't we all? Yeah. You yes. know, that's, that's what we, we are struggling with. Whether it's saying grace over our food that's in right. a public place or whether it's the quiet time that we have and then the, day, the, time, the one day that you don't have your, your time of prayer and things don't happen, you start assuming it's because you didn't have your time of prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the creation of a new law, which you have now made. You've become a legalist with that new law, and you are thinking that God will bless you because you have kept it, and he has cursed you because you have not. So, yeah, that's, that's a very helpful warning. Now, to segue into no, another po- a portion of this, because we also want, want to move in the direction towards thinking more clear on these things and being more biblically consistent on these things. Paul says in Acts chapter 20, when he's addressing the Ephesian elders in verse 27, he says, I did not shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm. Now, my question is twofold. One that I really like us to engage in is what does he mean by the whole counsel of God? And then secondly, do you think that understanding what the whole counsel of God is and attempting to proclaim it and teach it among our people or the people that we serve, that this can help us deal truthfully with any of these three areas of of, uh, extremes? So I guess just to tease us out, so... So in saying the whole counsel of God, is this a reference to um, just adding proposition after proposition about the Word of God? Well, that's what I'm asking. Just putting up layers and layers of knowledge? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being facetious here, but provocative in the same way. Yeah. Uh, uh, you yeah. Know, is um, it like, you I'm, know, I'm about to be a legalist here in a minute. <laughs> you know, we're going to go, I'm going to give you the full counsel of God, and it's just going to take me two years to do that. <laughs> Once I've given you that, I, you know, uh, I can or, honestly or, say I've done it. Yeah, preach for 17 years through the 17th chapter of the book mm-hmm. of Acts, right? So I'm wondering if, you know, and again, line this is, this upon is, line, precept <laughs> upon there precept, you go. word there you go. for word. Now you know yeah. exactly what to do in every yeah. situation, and you have the whole counsel of God. So can we assume that that's not the whole counsel of God? <laughs> we can definitely assume that's yeah. not the whole counsel of God. So, so what does Paul mean when he uses that phrase? Because we hear this, and, and preachers, I, I dare think, I, I doubt if there's any preachers that would hear us yeah. and that would know that verse and would say that they're well, not declaring the whole kinda, counsel. I kind of like the way he, he kind of defines the whole counsel. You know, he says, I testify to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus. Okay. Amen. So Amen. Th- that's the whole counsel. <laughs> yeah. I mean that we yeah. find from Genesis to Revelation, but yeah. but that's that's yeah. the whole counsel of God. Wherever yeah. we you know, it's it's the mirror narrative of scripture. It's 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 Jesus Christ and him uh his life, death, resurrection yeah. for yeah. sinners. Yeah. Uh, I think that that when we have given that to people mm-hmm. Uh, we have given people the whole counsel. So, so when people get that, it, it's it's that which is necessary so that 
um, the body of Christ can be found complete and perfect in Christ. Mm. And that may apply to a young believer mm -hmm. and may apply to a mature believer. And I'm looking at, at, um, I'm looking at um, Colossians first where it says, Him we preach, mm. warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect mm. in mm -hmm. Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to present you perfect when I finish the 12 steps or the two years <laughs> <laughs> of precept upon precept, yeah. right? Yeah. The seven principles. Right. Of, or uh, yeah. I'm going to present you perfect, and it has really no reference to, obviously it involves time and some instruction and some, but I just want to make sure that uh, you are uh, instructed or, or for, uh, Christ is formed in you. Okay. That Christ is formed in you because what I have presented to you of Christ is something that can now penetrate into your conscience and heart. In and other words, what we're saying is that you can preach the whole Bible, right? Uh, so, so and, certainly, and yet not preach, not preach the whole counsel, the whole of, counsel God. of God. Yes, but Thank now you. Uh, that's very well stated, <clears throat> by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but to that point, it it does take into consideration. I mean, it, it certainly would include preaching the whole of God's revealed word. Yes. So there, but as you alluded to earlier, the whole word, the whole, the whole Bible with the understanding of a meta narrative, that there is a purpose for this particular script, for the scriptures that are given, including the historical narratives that have been given. And that central purpose, that meta narrative is the person and work of Christ. Yeah, my question and my struggle with this is, is, is this whole counsel of God a reference to volume of knowledge? or a reference to substance of knowledge. Well, I know it involves, it has to involve some amount of knowledge, definitely some amount of instruction, but is it just a function of now I have given you A to Z, or is it a function of I have now, I feel now confident that you know Christ and how he's formed in you? Yeah, I, 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 I'm mm. going to go, I go with that. I, mm -hmm. I You know, it, it's not, one to exclude the other we we can't grow in our in in the knowledge of christ without the knowledge of christ <laughs> right in other words it, it could there be a one-year-old christian that paul has presented perfect in christ jesus could there be you know a young believer that paul could say of them I have now presented you perfect in Christ. There's lots of growth in it because that is the platform right. upon which you're going to grow. But I can say with confidence that I have now, you young Christian, I have now presented you perfect in Christ. <laughs> and what does that mean? Yeah, but I'm going to go back to the whole council as being everything that God has revealed in his holy scriptures about his son. As Paul okay. says in the, okay. the opening of, yeah. of uh, the book of Romans, mm -hmm. that this is what the gospel is. It yeah. is what God has revealed to us about his son. So yeah. when we make a person, when we present right. that message and that person and, and a person embraces that mm -hmm. 
Christ from that message. Right. That is Christ formed there in them. There you go. So that would be the whole counsel of God. Not necessarily that now he's got a full mastery yeah, and of the it, whole. It doesn't mean that you yeah. now know all the books of the Bible. Correct. That's right. Correct. That I, I can start yeah. in the middle of the chapter and right. you can tell me where I'm yeah. reading from. Yeah. No, that's not what it mm -hmm. means. Right. I mean, the Pharisees knew the whole Bible, but yeah, they missed <laughs> yeah. Christ. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. yeah, and but what is the importance? And, and that's the next part of that. The B part of that is if that is our commitment, and certainly we should never cut corners on presenting the person and work of Christ, and it is such a, a, a powerful and, and really an all-encompassing engagement that it's not just what we do in, on, on Sunday mornings, but in our teaching, in our counseling, what we are still doing is opening up the whole counsel of God. It does include technically the whole Bible, Old and New Testament. It also includes and as an infrastructure, the understanding of law and gospel. Mm -hmm. All of that is included. But the whole counsel of God, I mean, I think the whole counsel of God should be um, present in our singing. Our, our liturgies revolve around that. But that being the case, could such a commitment to the whole counsel of God minimize our tendency to those three errors? And if so, how? I mean, the answer, the answer is definitely yes. It, it does minimize. Um, and, and we're careful to say yes. minimize, not necessarily completely eliminate, because even if you eliminate it, I think the tendency, it will right. return. Right. But it does minimize because... Uh, by by defining the whole counsel of God as everything that that God has revealed about His Son uh, uh, through the Scriptures, uh, we we, um, we are able to see you know what Christ did, what God, what God demands, and what Christ, and then what God has done in Jesus, uh, and therefore we have a proper distinction between the two and we have a proper perspective of what the law is what the law does which is what god has ordained and what god has commanded of us and then what christ who christ is and what christ has done uh, for us and i think that once we have that uh, both of those uh, well defined and understood uh, i think it will minimize us emphasizing one or the other Okay. Just to to uh, amplify in that, if if preaching the whole counsel of God is it's an endeavor that results in being presented perfect and complete in Christ Jesus. But, but when now when you use that phrase, yes, to be presented perfect and complete, mm -hmm. yeah, are we talking eschatologically? So no, or yeah, no, no, I, no, I, I'm talking about positionally. Uh, I'm talking, yes. In other words, I'm viewing the Christian life in such a way that I am daily being renewed in Christ. Yeah. So I am created anew in Christ by the same message by which I am renewed daily in Christ. That's the message of law and gospel or mm -hmm. the meta narrative, right, of redemption. Mm -hmm. So creation, the fall, the promise, redemption, hope. Right, all of that. So once I once I have that, and it's not just an academic endeavor. Yeah. But where where now my my discipler or my pastor has instructed me and has helped me to see how I relate to Christ on the basis of the gospel. Mm -hmm. 
now I begin to practice going out to Christ for my righteousness. Mm. I begin to practice hearing the word of God by which I am renewed. Mm -hmm. I begin to practice being exposed to God through the means of grace in order to be renewed through faith and repentance. So that's what I mean by somebody that has that Paul could say, I, I, have, I can say that I, I've presented you perfect in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful statement? Man? Yeah. yeah. So in other Not words. Not that he has attained the pinnacle right. of maturity and growth. Right. But he has now the platform. Yes. Upon which he can grow. Right. Where some Christians lack it and are hindered because they have not been given the whole counsel of God, meaning not just all the priests so they can know how to act in any given, even though it involves that, sure. but they have not been, Christ has not been formed in them by the proper appropriation of so, Christ. So all of the elements and dynamics <clears throat> of union with Christ yes. and Christ as our covenant head. Yes, has not been brought home to them. No, no. And certainly, you know, we can preach the whole counsel. It's up to the individuals to hear. We can teach, sure. but that's we have to make sure. Spirit, that's the work that's of the, the spirit. Work of spirit. Yeah. But our responsibility... But the spirit is going to go along with those lines. With those that's, appointed that's, means, yeah, yes. Yeah. And and isn't there is there a tendency, I should ask, is there a tendency for the preacher, as you were mentioning a few weeks back, um, Jose, that one of the reasons um, preachers will lean in a heavy-handed legalistic way is because they see continuing sin in the life of believers, so of 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 their you know yeah. of, of of the people, their parishioners. So therefore, we we come we you know we're we're tired of yeah. dealing with it. They it's, feel that they have to balance. Yeah. They feel that oh, that counsel of Christ has to be balanced by now yeah. leaning heavily yeah. on the precepts and, and of the, the problem, law. And the problem with that is that Paul tells us that the law cannot produce in us what it requires. And so, you know, uh, it, it, is of, it is of no use for me to tell someone who knows mm -hmm. that sleeping with their girlfriend mm -hmm. is the wrong thing to do, okay? And for me to just continue to tell them. And to uh, preach a 12-week series on a 12 why you shouldn't. Exactly. Right. So yeah. that, that, that's sort of like, like how, completing the full counsel of God. How, yeah. how, how does that, how does that yeah. uh, encourage this young man or, or, or do anything for this young man when he, he understands that what he's doing is wrong, but yeah. yet he has no power in himself yeah. to stop doing what he's doing? He needs a whole counsel of God. He needs this. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, and then he goes on, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches mm. of the full assurance of mm. understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both the Father and of Christ, in whom mm. are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There is that's it. the whole counsel that's of God, it. and that's our job to unpack yeah. mm -hmm. and to repeat mm -hmm. and to come at it from every different angle yeah. so that they will smell it. <laughs> they will develop mm. that instinct for saying, yeah. I know. So what are, <clears throat> what are the temptations that lead us away from that whole counsel? Can you say that we as preachers, preachers who are creatures, sinful creatures, 
are we looking for quick fixes? Well, I can tell you for sure. Um, I think it was it wasn't this last Christmas. It was two Christmases ago. I did a series uh, called Prepare Him Room. Mm-hmm. And uh, our church um, was about two years old at the time, two, three years old at the time, and uh, struggling and just, you know, I mean, a lot of new believers and just seeing uh, people struggling with sin and, and commitment and, and, you know, just not coming to church and stuff. And, and I can tell you, my heart was hardened. My, my heart was, mm. was uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, man, how, how can it be? I'm preaching. I'm doing all these things and, and people not showing up. And so I made this series, okay, mm. a four-sermon series, and I was drilling people. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, I was just drilling people about their commitment and, you know, uh, you know, it's Advent season. We need to prepare room for Jesus. In order to prepare room for Jesus, we need to be this and that and, 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 um, I think about six months later, I uh, I asked the church to forgive me mm. for preaching that series, yeah. you know, and I removed it from my yeah. from my website, you know, and, and uh, but yeah, I, I think that uh, preachers are we're, we're just tempted uh, to use scripture uh, to manipulate and to yeah. try to control people instead of love them. So we end up preaching to a situation. Yes. Whether it's poor attendance or poor offerings. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we tend to, we, we, or maybe people are not participating in certain programs that we will therefore yeah. depart from the whole counsel of God yeah. and pour right, out our own right. wrath. And yes. it departs from the whole counsel of God insofar as those things because we could start there. I mean, those are not illegitimate points no. to address. No. In other words, there are practical things that we need to address. However, that practical thing is not the sermon in itself. That's right. right. That cannot be the sermon for a variety of reasons yeah. because the, the meta narrative is missing right. and it's not leading you to Christ. So I, I would contend that from the practical, mm-hmm. we need to go to the perfect. And the perfect mm. is the law of God, which would be then the mirror that would convict us and lead us to the person of Christ. Well, that raises a question. And that is how much of the tendency in our preaching culture towards practical application oriented mm-hmm. preaching kept us from preaching the whole council, yeah. including yeah. the meta narrative and all that you've talked about, law gospel distinctives and underpinnings, and also put us on another path that causes us to lean in one of those three directions, either uh, legalism, neonomianism, or antinomianism. Because we want to live in our story. Mm. But being formed in Christ and the whole counsel of God takes us outside of our story, and, and it lifts us up and absorbs us into the story of the other, the story of Christ, mm. which is an untouchable place. <laughs> Mm. It's, it's the mountain, I guess, that we yeah. want to be on. Yeah. It's a faith that overcomes the world because now I'm not easily shaken by my story, but I can really rest my story in the story of Christ. But, but that goes back to your uh, a point that you, you often return to, our need to continue to die, yeah. the, the continual yeah. experience yeah. of death and yeah. resurrection. It, Baptism is a one-time event but a lifelong experience. Mm, yes. mm, we never stop experiencing yeah. the dynamics of our baptism. Mm, well, yeah. Baptism, which means we have participated in the death, 
burial, and resurrection of Christ. Because then it's not, it's not so much what we are doing, but what God is doing to us. Exactly. Yes. And that's a whole change of perspective. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for joining us. This is Pastor Ken Jones, along, along with Jose Prado and David Menendez for Saints and Sinners Unplugged. We look forward to being with you again next week.